the Proverbs of Solomon from LetGodBeTrue.com Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 17 Which forsaketh the guide of her youth, and forgetteth the covenant of her God. Hear the words of God in Solomon again. Which forsaketh the guide of her youth, and forgetteth the covenant of her God. Girls have up to three protectors, if they obey them. They have God, fathers, and husbands. If they obey them in their proper order, they can and will be saved from painful trouble. Even if a girl has a bad father, obeying God will bring her a decent husband. The strange woman, a flattering whore or adulteress, is the subject of this proverb from the previous verse. Proverbs warns often in its early chapters against this dangerous seductress. Here in this proverb, Solomon condemned the character of such a woman by two great offenses. She forsakes the guide of her youth, and she forgets the covenant of her God. Every young man and woman should hate this creature with holy hatred. Casual sex and adultery are now acceptable in the world more than ever before. But godly women will abhor both sins. Every father needs to guard and eliminate influences that lessen a daughter's horror at the thought of such heinous sins. Two key areas of life are friends and entertainment, such as books, magazines, television, music, movies, the internet, and social media. Evil communications most surely do corrupt good manners. The guide of her youth is her husband. She forsakes him horribly when she is intimate with another man. Such a betrayal is heinous, for he has been her companion from youth. They shared the wonderful pleasures of a youthful marriage. A father's sexual rules may be forsaken, but the father himself is not truly forsaken by the adultery of a married daughter. Scripture describes the wife of a man's youth in various places. If marriage occurs not too long after sexual maturity, it allows youthful husbands and wives. The proverb assumed the Jewish practice of marrying early. Today's delayed ages for marriage are due to foolish thinking and poor child training, resulting in years of sexual frustration and temptation. Most youth today, however, are not mature enough for marriage. Life can be divided into several stages. Infancy covers from birth to about age five. Childhood covers the time from about age five to puberty. And youth covers the time from puberty to majority, where majority is closer to 30, not 18 as many presume today. Marriage for Jews generally occurred during this stage called youth. A father guides a girl in childhood by teaching her the fear of the Lord and the rules of godly virtue as taught in the Bible. It is his duty to preserve her virginity for marriage. The burden should not be the girl's, but the father's, for he should protect her from the male lusts and methods that he knows firsthand. It is to him any prospective suitor should make his query. Fathers have a great role in training daughters, for he is the main leader and teacher of the family. A mother cannot do as well, though she does have her own perspective and experience about love, marriage, and sex.
Let fathers also teach daughters about virtuous conduct and soberly warn about evil men. For fathers have instinctive wisdom regarding such things and care much for their daughters' futures. Fathers should control courting or dating activities to keep daughters from situations where they could be coerced or tempted to compromise. Jacob failed his daughter in Genesis chapter 34, the first five verses. But if marriage occurred early, as with the Jews, fatherly training and protection would end in the time of youth when the husband would become the new guide. Every girl who fears God should receive her father's instruction with a ready heart, and every married woman should remember the guide of her youth, her husband, and the covenant she made before God. Due to her place in creation and God's role for her in marriage, she will be judged severely for sexual infidelity. But for every repentant Mary, there is a forgiving Savior. God expects husbands to guide their wives. A husband could annul a wife's vows as easily as a father could a daughter's, and it was his duty to instruct his wife. Men made the important decisions for families, as they should. A young couple, with the wife willingly following a godly and well-trained husband, is a wonderful thing, though it is very rare to find such marriages today. The perverse character of the strange woman is her ability to betray the husband of her youth in such a painful way. Many women cannot imagine doing such, but an adulteress has a deformed soul, which allows her to commit such a great sin with little guilt or remorse. Let foolish adulterers beware. If a woman has betrayed her husband to be with you, she will betray you even more easily and quickly to be with another. The words covenant of her God in this proverb describe her marriage covenant. The adulteress forsakes her husband, and she also forgets her God and the covenant she made before him to be a faithful wife. Marriage in the Bible was much more a covenant and celebration than it was a ritualistic ceremony. The emphasis on a religious and superficial ceremony is from Roman Catholicism and its man-made sacrament of holy matrimony. Job made a covenant with his eyes when he married, as described in Job chapter 31, verse 1. Every groom and bride should do the same in their commitments. Since the woman was made for the man, sexual faithfulness is even more binding on the woman. Does this thought shock you? Consider some of the distinctions God made between the man and the woman found in the Bible. Let every woman read Numbers chapter 5, verses 11 through 31, to see how God helped husbands against cheating wives and the severity with which he judged them. This passage reflects the mind of the Lord, regardless of what the world might think of it. Do not let rebellion rise up in your heart against this passage, for it is absolutely right. A woman owes her sexual faithfulness to her husband and to the God before whom she vowed to be faithful. Her husband owes his sexual faithfulness more directly to God, but both are capital offenders if they commit adultery. A biblical marriage has not occurred without a covenant, and a proper marriage covenant will definitely include God's will for sexual fidelity for both parties to the marriage. 
it should involve much more than the light and trite words mumbled in most five-minute ceremonies that are called weddings today. Let it be thoroughly detailed, and let it be written, that it may be appealed to in the future. Christian listener, as a child of God and the bride of Jesus Christ, how faithful are you to your father and husband? Have you forsaken the guide of your youth by losing your first love for the lover of your soul? Have you forgotten the covenant of your God that you made at your baptism when you committed the rest of your life to Christ? It is easy to limit this proverb to sexual adultery, but do not overlook your spiritual adultery. Jesus Christ called his compromising people, adulterers and adulteresses, to intensify the heinous nature of idolatry or worldliness. The pain, betrayal, and perversity of adultery create an appropriate comparison for any departure from loving God fully and only. He requires, expects, and deserves your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. He is a jealous God, and you cannot serve Him any other way. Amen.